Greetings, this is Terry Whitfield, a.k.a. Yasha Ben Israel, for the Terry Whitfield, Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. The place where we talk about things that people don't like to talk about and things that other people don't want you to know. The place where we prance through the fog just to take a glance through the smog. For over here, we see what you can't see. Today's topic of discussion is angels. What really are angels? What angels were in the minds of the biblical writers, prophets, and old ancient believers, and how the word angel evolved into what it means today. What are the real angels? There's gross confusion today in the minds of the believers and readers of the Bible. A great, great falling away has occurred. There are two words that come to mind when I think of angels. One is the Hebrew word malak, which means messenger. And another is the Hebrew word shalak, which means to send a message. My contention today is that when we're talking about the messengers of God, we're not talking about celestial beings. We're not talking about incorporeal or non-corporeal entities or beings. We're not talking about atmospheric beings. But when we're talking about the angels and the messengers, lacking the confusion, the Bible says that they were all men, that they all were living beings, that they all were corporeal beings, 3D beings. Beings that you can hear, see, feel, and touch. For many scriptures, as we will go through the day, we'll talk about the scripture where many human beings have walked with angels, talked with angels, employed angels. Okay? How Jacob wrestled with an angel. And how these things could not happen if these were celestial beings or if these were non-corporeal or atmospheric beings or invisible, unseen beings or for the lack of a better word of the later definition, of the much later definition of a spiritual being. The great confusion lies in that most of us don't really know the difference between an angel, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, cherubims, or seraphims, or nephilims. We lump them all up in one big gumbo pot and call them all angels. Even Even the concept of the host of heaven. We call these things angels. But the scripture really paint a much, much different story. If you could read the scripture and let the scripture convey its message to you. The problem is that under the law of belief, we don't believe what we see. We believe what we much rather fix our minds to believe. This is how we come to the conclusion that the Malaks are all of these things that I mentioned earlier and everything except for 3D messengers, third dimensional messengers. Messengers that you can see, talk to, walk with, and that they were and that they were called men by the authors of the Bible. 
the messengers that dealt with us, that were sent to us, were all human beings. And you get to talking about other messengers and the host of heaven. Now we're talking about something different. Let me give you an example. As we turn to Genesis, the second chapter in the first verse, it reads, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Many, when they read that, what comes to mind is that God had finished the heavens and the earth. And when they think of heaven, they think of this place where there are big mini mansions. Uh, 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 thanks to uh, 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 gospel singers like Keith Pringle and B.B. Winans and C.C. Winans painted streets of gold. And, and there's a special place prepared for me and how the Lord has all of these mansions prepared for you in this beautiful kingdom that dwells in the sky. The truth of the matter is these angels and demons and all of this stuff is largely products and ideas from paganism. And not only has the paganism that was contemporary with the Israelites influenced uh, the minds of the Israelites, but the paganisms that pre-existed before the Israelites influenced the mind and the thinkings of the people that reads the Bible. And largely, uh, all of the Israelites after the uh, Second Temple. So, looking at and examining that text, where it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, comma, and all the host of them. We like to think that the host of heaven were the angels, the seraphim and the cherubims. That's what we like to think that the host of heavens are. But this comes from a gross misunderstanding of Hebrew scripture, Hebrew cosmology, as I'm taking you back to the beginning of Hebrew cosmology, starting at Genesis chapter 2. And he talked about these, these the, 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 how the Lord finished the heavens and the earth and all of the host of heavens. How did all of these spiritual, non-corporeal, incentric, invisible, spooky, atmospheric beings that you have learned today from Christianity as angels. Your Cupid-like beings with wings flying around in the sky. Some of them even with Roman Phrygian robes on. Now, how did that happen when they supposed to be from the skies beyond me? Most, mostly European, white skin, blue eyes, blonde hair. These are the ideas that come to your mind when you talk about the host of heaven. Let's mosey on over to Deuteronomy chapter 4. The 15th verse through the 20th verse. And, let, and we'll let the scripture speak for itself. We'll let the scriptures define itself by the accurate study of the scriptures. Okay? It says, Take ye therefore good heed unto yourself. For ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spoke unto you in Horeb, out of the midst of the fire. Lest ye, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image in the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, 
the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air. There go your cupids. And 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 and, and uh, uh, verse 16 and, and 18 combined, uh, 17 and 18 combined together. Lest the, the light, uh, lest the, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, there go your cupids, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, there go your winged uh, 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 beings that you call angels, the, the, the scripture tell you, don't make any images of them, don't draw them, don't carve them, don't even bring these things to mind, as we're going to find out later. The scripture told you to be ye circumspect, but you're not. You want to believe in these mythological beings, these pagan heathen beings. And he tell you, don't make it the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground. Or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. Lest thou lift up thine eyes. And lest thou lift up thine eyes into heaven. And when thou seest the sun. And the moon. And the stars. Even the host of heaven. Should it be driven. Should it be driven to worship them. And serve them. Which the Lord thy God had divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace of Babylon and even out of Egypt with slavery and captivity to be unto him a people of inheritance as ye are to this day. As we see in verse 19, it describes to you all of the heavenly hosts and that you should not worship them and that the heavenly hosts are the sun, the moon, the stars and all of the other things that are out there, your black holes, your dark matter, the clouds, the rain, the snow, the sleet, all of the debris that's flying around, the meteors, all of those are the host of heaven. Not these invisible angels because you did not see none of these stuff here mentioned because the Most High told you right here not to worship these things. He told you not to worship man, male and female. And he told you not to make images of them. He told you and don't have winged beings and, 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 and things that fly within the sky. There go your ideas of your angels. This stuff goes against the scriptures, people. It goes against ancient Hebrew cosmology. And it goes against the pureness of holiness. Looking at the scriptures in Hebrews. No, no, we don't go to Hebrews. Let's, let's go to Psalms 91 and 11. It says that, For he shall give his angels charge over thee. He shall give his malachim charge over thee. He shall give his messengers charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou lest you dash your foot against the stone. You see here the angels have hands y'all. Okay? The angels have hands. The messengers of the Most High have hands. And the scripture is going to tell you why they have hands. Because as, as we demonstrate a little further on. I tell you uh, the invisible celestial beings don't have hands. The atmospheric, uh, non-intrinsic, invisible, spooky, spooky dookie <laughs> beings. They don't have hands. They're invisible. They're all in the atmosphere or in the celestial somewhere. They don't have hands, people. The angels that you're thinking about in your mind don't have hands. They do, they're non-material. They're non-physical. They're spiritual. As you would like for them to, to subscribe for to, to as you would like to subscribe for them to be. 
they're not spiritual beings, they're physical beings, they're living beings. All of them, including your devils, your demons, your seraphims, your nephilims, and your angels, as, as we'll demonstrate on today. Bouncing around the Bible, I prefer to use the Christian Bible as opposed to the Hebrew Tanakh, because the Christian Bible have both Christian views and Jewish views, which is responsible for these ideas of these spiritual entities. The spiritual concept did not evolve with Christianity. It started with Judaism and the emergence of rabbinical Judaism known in the Bible as the Pharisees, Pharisee Judaism. It was this form of Judaism that gave rise to uh, these uh, benevolent and malevolent angels and demons that are invisible uh, celestial beings. And then Pharisee Judaism passed it on down to Christianity who passed it on down to Al-Islam. I practice the Hebrewism of that of what they call the Sadducees or the Benzodaki Levitical priests, the sons of uh, uh, Levi, the sons of Zodok, the sons of Eleazar, the sons of El- uh, 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 Levi, the Levitical priesthood, the sons of Aaron. The Levitical priests didn't believe and that's the oldest form of Hebrewism that we know. And they did not believe in the spooky dookie. Even as late as Christianity, they did not believe in the spooky dookie. And I will uh, give an example of that going to Hebrews, the 13th chapter and the second verse. It says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware right here it's telling you to be careful of the company who you keep be mindful of the company who you keep because when you're entertaining strangers you don't know these people these people could be the messengers of God and you're unaware of this There's a great chance that you could be unaware of this because the teachings of the Pharisees has tainted the minds of the people even in that day, in the days of Christ, believing in the uh, uh, non-corporeal, celestial, atmospheric beings that you call angels. All of this is in the resurrection in the spiritual spooky-dookie. See... The idea of the, in, the, the invisible spirits was much influenced by rabbinical Judaism. And I can't say that enough. And then on down through there, you know, through the ages, after the erection of the Roman Catholic Church, it was the Pope Damascus. who petitioned the writing of the Latin Vulgate as to do away with the original scriptures that was written in the Koinite Greek. The Latin Vulgate supplanted the Koinite Greek and it was done in such a way to preserve all of the pagan traditions that was surrounding the Christian lands and to Christianize them. Many of the pagan concepts of the old pagans, the Roman Catholic Church preserved them and Christianized them. I want to show you some of the confusion that people do here. They'll take scriptures like Psalms 103, right? 19 and 20 and they'll they'll juxtapose them they'll cram them together to give the effect that the angels are in heaven but i'm going to show you the ridiculousness of this and 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 they may even have another argument about another scripture maybe but this scripture they can't do that 
And I'm just going to show you the ridiculousness what they do. At the 19th verse, it said, The Lord established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdoms rule over all. Next sentence, next verse. Bless the Lord, comma, his angels, comma, those mighty in strength, comma, who perform his word, comma, to hearken to the voice of his word. Now, what they would do here is try to run that together and say, see verse 20 right there, he's talking about the angels and the Lord is in heaven and, and he's sitting up and he's in his throne. His throne is established in heaven. So they would try to come with a bad logic where the angels are in heaven. So, you know, uh, that type of thing. So that is not so because that verse 19 is one thought. One complete sentence, one complete thought. Verse 20 is another sentence, another complete thought. A thought different from verse 19. And verse 20 says nothing about, about the angels being in the heavens. Neither does it say anything. The text is saying, not saying anything other than bless the Lord. Bless the Lord's angels. Bless those mighty angels in strength. Bless those who perform his word. To, uh, 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 bless those who listen to his and hearken to the voice of his word. That's all he was saying. This, when he said that, he's basically saying, bless the angels, bless the Lord and bless the angels, you know, who perform his word. And, 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 and to listen and bless the angels that listen to the voice of his word. This said nothing about the angels being in heaven or standing around the throne or anything like that. The scripture, if he wanted to convey that idea, the scripture is very well at doing such. When you do that by adding that type of idea, what you're doing is adding on and taking off to the scripture, which is against Torah, which is against the law. Now, bringing this back on home to the Old Testament, where it's more down to earth, a, a, a place in the scriptures way before the second uh, a temple, when the Sadducees and the Levitical priests had control of the doctrine and the spirituality and the idea, things come more down to earth and it becomes more real. Look at what Daniel had to say. Daniel, the ninth chapter and the 21st verse, it said, yeah. While I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of oblation. Now, notice he didn't see any winged beings because the scripture told you not to paint any winged beings or draw them or make any images, sketches paintings, sculptures, figurines, and idols of any of these crazy beings that you call spirit. And we notice here that he said that even the man, Gabriel, he didn't say the angel Gabriel. Well, some one might say, well, what about the part where he said being caused to fly swiftly? Okay, you that's the only part you chose to see. <laughs> but you didn't see that part just right before that when he said whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning this man saw this in the vision okay he telling you about his vision he saw this man in the vision how he was flying around but you also didn't see that part where he said he touched him see this is not an invisible spook this is a real thing that he touched him he talked these angels talk with men walk with men fight with men, eat with men, okay? They have interaction with men. They have human, earthly, terrestrial actions with men because they're terrestrial beings. Now, when he saw him flying around, he saw that in a vision. He didn't see that in real time and in reality. This is what the scripture says. So, therefore, there's no reason for you to expect to see an angel flying around in, in, in the sky today. 
unless the Lord gave you a vision, you have no reason to see nothing like that. Because it's not in real time and ain't nobody else saw it but you. So we just established the fact that the man Gabriel and not the angel Gabriel was seen. And we go down here to Daniel 10 and 13. It said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia stood, withstood me one and 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. We see, did it, this didn't say the angel Michael. It said Michael, comma, the prince. Now at that time, Daniel 12 and, and 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince. Not the great angel. <laughs> the great prince. Someone say he was the prince of the angel. Then why wouldn't they call him the great prince of the angels? He said, now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stood over the sons of your people will rise. And there, and there will be a time of distress such as never before since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. This is a man, a prince. Go to, I like to just read the whole of chapter 10. It said, you know, uh, in the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. So Daniel was having a vision, okay? And in those days, Daniel was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant, pleasant, bread, pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twenty days of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is the Hadikel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold a certain man. And behold a certain man. And behold a certain man, not an angel, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance, and he's talking about his body, and he talk about his face, the appearance of lightning, this is poetic talk, and his eyes were the lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass. This is a black man here. Okay, talk about his arms and his feet is like polished brass. We're talking about a black man, not only a man, but a black man. And the voice of, of his words were like the multitude, like the voice of a multitude. And I saw, and Daniel alone, excuse me, and I, Daniel alone, saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision. Didn't I tell you that this man was having a vision? That, and it was only addressed to him? This was not something that happened in real life and in real time. Something that was materialized and manifested before the world. This was something going on inside of this man's mind. Not to mention how he was weak and feeble. Wasn't eating. Wasn't drinking. Okay? Let's use some common sense, people. The man was weary. The man was faint. And he was having a vision. Right there at the river of Hedekel. He said, but a great quaking fell upon them. So that they fled and hid themselves. And I'm looking down at the 16th verse. And he said, and behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth. And spake and said unto him, he's he talking back, the man touched him, one that looked like the similitude of the son of men, he looked just like a man to him. Mind you, he's in his vision. And he said how he stood before him. 
O my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have re- retained no strength. Remember, he, I told you the man was faint. He, he was weary. Going down to verse 21, it says, But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince, not Michael your angel. This is a man, y'all. The scripture, this very scripture tells you that this man saw a man. He said he said it in verse 5. He said, Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen. Let's go to Genesis 9. And we talk about Lot when he was visited by the angels. And there came in 19, Genesis 19, and there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot seeing them rose up to meet them. Remember, he's seeing these these men, these 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 beings. He he he's interacting with them. These are not invisible spooky dookies. These are not the your celestial make-believe uh psychotic uh talking to yourself uh 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 ludicrous uh, 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 celestial beings. And Lot seeing those men, and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold, uh, 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 my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him. And he entered into the house, and he made them a feast, and he did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, could pass the house, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called out unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men, where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them unto us that we may know them. If we go down here to verse uh, 8, he says, Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes only unto these men do nothing he didn't say only unto these angels do nothing he said don't do nothing basically hey you can have my daughter you know y'all could do to her as y'all please she never even had a man she'd even be, be a good wife for you you know he said but unto these men he didn't say unto these angels he said unto these men do nothing for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Clearly we see that these were men. <laughs> the scripture didn't call them angels. They called them malachim. Okay, mistranslated into angel to, to, to mislead you. They were called the malachim. They were the messengers of the most high. And they were men just like how everyone saw them. See... If the Most High is giving you an, a vision, then you can talk this invisible stuff. But in reality, you did not see that. You, it was all in your head, man. And if the Most High did it, that's where he put it, in your head. And it was for you. It was a vision and a word specifically for you. Now, you see the word angel in there. Replace it for malakum, which means messenger, and you'll begin to see a whole nother picture here's a prime example let's go to uh genesis 32 let's start reading at the first verse it said and laban arose early in the morning and kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them and laban went and returned to his place and j and jacob went on his way and malachim of God met him. The messengers of God met him. The angels, the Malachim met him. And Jacob said, 
when he saw them, this is the camp of God. And he named the place Mahanaim. Jacob sent Malachim, messengers, angels ahead of him to his brother Esau and to the land of Sire, the field of Edom. And he commanded these messengers saying to them, so shall ye say to my master, to Esau, thus shall ye, thus said your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and I have tarried unto now. We can see right here where the term angel was applied to human agents. Now, when you study the scriptures, anybody who studied Hebrew, who studied the scriptures, and even a, a highly skilled biblical scholar will tell you that Psalms 104 in the fourth chapter, where it says he makes winds his messengers. He makes winds his messengers uh, burning fire, his angels, or some would say he make wind his malakam or angels, and burning fire, his ministers. But see, people, you got to have common sense right here. In Hebrew, if you read this in Hebrew, where it says he make wind his messengers, that's so that's osei malakiu ruakut ruakut is the wind, the air, breath. So that's figurative speaking, okay? He said that he made the breath, the breathing ones, his messengers, okay? And burning fire, his minister. Never have you ever seen a wind as an angel. I'm sorry, but you have seen the breath from Yah's messengers come out of their mouth as they speak okay you've never seen burning fire minister to people but what you have seen is that his ministers were on fire with the ruach with the breath with the preachings with the teachings with the spirit come on people it's time to wake up and you can turn over to me with me to Haggai chapter 1 and we'll go around the 13th verse it says and Haggai the angel of the Lord said in fulfilling the Lord's mission to the people saying I am with you says the Lord now let's apply that Malachim messenger exchange and it says that and Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, and Haggai, comma, the met the, the Malachim of the Lord. Haggai is this Malachim, said in the Lord's mission to the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. In Hebrew, it's, it reads, Why Omar Haggai? Malak, which is, and he said, Haggai Malak, basically, uh, basically, and he said, Malak, uh, 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 the Malak Haggai, the angel, Ma uh, 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 this is a man, and not only is he a man, he's a prophet, some of the prophets we have are prophets, and, and, and some of them are kings and prophets, some of them are priests and prophets, here we have one of the messengers of the Most High. He's a messenger. He's a malak. Haggai is a malak. And you must read the Hebrew text to be able to pinpoint this. So we had the prophet, uh, 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 the prophet malak, the prophet angel, Haggai, or Kagai, or Haggai, and we have Again, another prophet angel, a prophet messenger by the name of Malachi. These were men. These were human beings. So we turn over to the second chapter of uh, Malachi. The second chapter in the seventh verse. And it reads, For a priest's lips shall guard knowledge, and teaching should be sought from his mouth. 
for he is a malakim, a messenger, an angel of the Lord of hosts. As we see here in the in, in, in the text, it says that the priests here <laughs> now are the malakim, another human faction. People, we got to do better than this. Let's relinquish the paganism and let's revive the Hebrew faith the way that the Most High wanted us to, to do. That way we will be able to get our power back, people. Let's talk about the mysterious being that wrestled with Jacob. I told you earlier I was going to get back to that. Genesis 32. So going back to Genesis 32, notice that we've seen Jacob employing employing angels to go ahead of him to his brother Esau to the land of Sire to the field of Edom in the, in the fourth verse that's 32 and 4 32 and 4 and in the fifth verse he commanded those angels he commanded those messengers in verse 7 he said the messengers the Malachim returned to Jacob saying we came to your brother to Esau, and he is also coming with you. The 400 men are with him. So we see these messengers returning back to Jacob. This is a part of, of, of the Jacob wrestling with the angel story that people don't talk about, how all throughout this verse, Jacob is talking to these angels and he employing them, and he's sending them on a mission for him. Now, some say that the angels are the helper of God, and they go on a mission for God. But now we see Jacob employing angels, messengers, the Malachim, because they are men. They're human beings. We go down to 25. One of the angels wrestled with him, and it says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of dawn. When he saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip became dislocated as he wrestled with this angel. In verse 25, he said that a man, he wrestled with a man. This Malachim, this messenger was a man, y'all. Wake up, people. Now, was Jacob wrestling with an invisible spirit? Was Jacob wrestling with the air? the atmospheric being? Was he wrestling with an invisible, spooky, dookie, celestial being, a ghost, a ghoul, a goblin? Was he wrestling with an invisible angel, devil, Lucifer, demon, or cherubim, seraphim, or Nephilim? No! The answer is a resounding no. So you have people juxtaposing ideas to come up were ideas that'll lead us back to paganism and back to heathenism. You know, something that leads you back to this, this ambiguous celestial realm of nothingness. Just to waste your time, your energy, and your life on nothingness. So as we can see clearly that these ideas of, 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 of angels were all men. They were all men. Uh, 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 uh. You have some cases in the scripture where uh, the Malachim, like the ram in the bush, you know, they came to speak to Abraham. But even that was not an invisible spooky dookie. That was a ram, a 3D third dimensional ram. We talk about the cherubims and uh, the seraphims. Okay. Most of the time when you saw them mentioned in scripture, the prophets were having a vision. When you look at the seraphims and the cherubim, the cherubims that emerged in Ezekiel, you like look at Ezekiel 9 and 3 it said, in the glory of the Lord of Israel was going up from the cherub whereupon he was to the threshold of the house and he called to the men clothed in linen 
which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. We're talking about these cherubs now. We're talking about these cherubs. Okay? But the reality is that people are looking for these things to occur in real life or looking to have a similitude or that the Most High gives them these experiences. For one, they're not prophets. They're not that in tune with the Most High, where the Most High is going to give them, them these type of visions and dreams. And for those who he does, they are his prophets. But if we go back to verse 4 of chapter 8, it says, And behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. This man was seeing vision, y'all, plainly. One could argue that when he said he saw the vision plain, that that meant that he saw the uh, uh, the vision in real time or in real life. I, I take that as he plainly saw the vision. But if you wanted to take it as though he saw the vision in real life, in real time, if you want to take that to mean that, then we have to go back to the scriptures of Ezekiel 10, uh, uh, two chapters beyond that, where it's in the 15th verse, and it says, and the cherubims were lifted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the riverbed. riverbed. This is the living creature. These were living creatures. Okay? Now, whether he saw it in a vision, or whether he saw it in real time. These were, again, not celestial beings. They were not non-corporeal, invisible beings. They were not shift-shaping beings that, that go from uh, invisible to reality. They were living beings. If you can go over to Psalms 78 and 25, you'll discover that the angels even had food. In, in 1 Kings 19th chapter, verses 4 through 8, you have an angel baking a cake. Baking a cake for Elijah. Let's read this. But he, Elijah himself, went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he laid there asleep under the juniper tree, behold, a messenger, an angel, a messenger, a malak, touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a, a cake baked on the coals. And a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of the meat forty days and forty nights unto Herod, the mount of God. Yeah, Psalms uh, uh, 78, 24 and 25, and he said, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. Man did eat angels' food. Man did eat angels' food. Now the angels have food. He sent them meat to the full. Now, when we concerning uh, uh, Psalm 78, we see meat and manna somehow happens to be interchangeable. Yep, they're interchangeable. So we can see here by the corn of the heavens, this is not meat as in flesh, but meat as in manna. So we got the angels having food, the angels down here fighting, the angels down here conversating with men, the angels down here, uh, 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 u
uh, uh, being employed by men as couriers for men they were actually seen touched talked to all of the five senses were aware of the malakams the messengers of God so this whole idea about this invisible angel these angels that you can't see that you can't hear you know that you can't touch that that that's all a part of your psychic that that only person can see them and hear them is you you might need to go get that checked out because that's not godly and it's not holiness and it's not righteousness for the scriptures don't convey nothing like that you know so that being stated i'll conclude this message and maybe a part two or a sequel will emerge in the future. Uh, so that being that, remember that none of the, the things that happened in the Bible really happened on this earth. It's not nothing that's uh, esoteric or something that only happens to in the minds of a few people. The things that happened in the Bible has, is said by the Bible to have occurred in the third dimension on this earth under the fourth dimension which is time but we don't know the time and we didn't see and experience the time so we have according to the scriptures third dimensional evidence that these beings were men the scripture called them men they were called princes they were called priests okay they were men. So, uh, uh, some old prophets. They were men. And that being that, I hope you enjoy, like, share, subscribe, and donate. Yes, we can use your donations so we can continue to put out this truth-filled information. The reason why most of our spirituality doesn't work because of improper application of the word we do it we doing too much adding on and taking off as if though the lord's word is not complete as is so there's no such thing as these invisible angels somebody asks me do i believe in all that stuff i tell them a resounding no i believe in the malakam and i let you know that the malakam were all human beings and they were messengers you know, all of the ones that interacted with us, you know, and, and they were all living real beings in 3D. Living creatures, as the scripture said. That being stated, this is Terry Whitfield, aka Yasha Ben Israel, signing out for the Terry Whitfield Yasha Ben Israel podcast show. Like, share, and subscribe.